Hey everybody, Dr. T here. Just wanted to check in with everybody. Hope everybody's staying safe. Hope everybody's enjoying the pod. This is like number eight since we've been quarantined and they kind of all flow together. So uh, if you're a little lost, you just go back to the app before it. Um, oh, and uh, we had a little audio issue in this one. And so I get the irony. I get it. I get the irony like around 25 minutes in when we dig on some audio issues from a different show so i get it i get it but just stick through it because there might be the greatest worst parody song of all time of all h jerk time and that's for you listeners that know that's big that's big time we love you there's nothing you can do about it at all Now she's back, but it smells in here with plops of poop in her everywhere. Jerk practice, jerk practice. Sketch boys love to reminisce. Yeah. I can train. Train, man. Oh, and to go back to your, because uh, you just list, you rattled off that radio station, like 106.9. Yeah. Is it possible to get like a 201, like a low, like a 10? I'm going 1002. Oh, like, like, is that wavelength like off the table? Because everything cheesy is like 101, 99.7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, what resides in the 70s? Like, like you're tuning in to 70.1. Does that exist? Is that something? If it doesn't, maybe we could or get it. Is it just like passe? Is it just sort of like a dot com versus a dot org? Like, are higher numbers just culturally looked on as better? Do they just roll off as, the tongue like, a little more? Like, could we get a low frequency? Could we get a 12.1? Could we get, like, just a number one? You're listening to one. <laughs> exactly. Is there a one? Could we have number one on the dial? Yeah, but then we got to get, I mean, how do we, we can get one on the dial, but, you know, we got to get people listening. And the only way to do that is with the hits. You already got it, baby. You're listening to number one. We're on the edge. You're listening to the edge. It's fun because it's on the edge. You can't get any closer to the edge of that radio dial without clicking back up to 202.11. I don't know. It's like it's like our idea. Uh, edge is it's a little too hip. It's like our idea for um, a diner, number one lunch, best name for a restaurant yeah. ever. We could just be number one station. Yeah. Why not just number one lunch? One. It's number one, and, and it's just it handles lunch for no reason. That would be so much fun to fill. I, I I don't. How does it work? How does it work for radio stations? Like, it used to be in the payola days, like, they made your record. Like, if you got it playing on mm-hmm. a certain station, you know, you were going to yeah. sell records. But the now, how does it work? Like, if we right. had number one station, could we play any songs we want because they're just out there in the ether? Or do we get hit with something? No, you would, you would need to, because it's now, like, 
it's it's interesting you ask a question because in the modern age, like I just know about it from working in restaurants and bars. Sure. Like, and we knew we knew this back in the day when we we played a show in Minneapolis, and the oh, the yeah. show owner at the Acadia was like, "You can't play those songs." I didn't play the license. They're like, "What are you talking about?" Like, we didn't. I didn't get it. I didn't get it then, and the, until it was in New York, and you have to pay the certain companies an annual fee to play music. Right. And then the amount of money they get gets dispersed to the record companies who then disperse it to somehow appropriately to the artists. Mm-hmm. We're back like like the old jukebox. You knew exactly how much money those songs played because it was programmed in. So you knew the record, this record, like, oh, wow, this record made 10 bucks in quarters. Gotcha. So then you write that down on your stat pad and send it back. Whereas in the digital age with Napster, you can't really keep track unless it's something like Spotify where it's set up to give the clicks and go out appropriately. So I don't know in a modern radio station how it would work. I would assume it's set up like a Spotify. But there's a company called iHeartRadio. Yes, yeah. And they are perpetually bankrupt because they have just bought every still-functioning radio station. Is that how that works? And they can't turn a profit on radio stations because it's all advertising. It's all radio advertising. So, but yeah, so how do they, because they're the ones that are putting on like the kick-ass, they're the ones flashing the money right now, but they don't have it. How long is that sustainable? They do podcasts now, bro. I know, I know. We can get our, they... They might even have jerk practice on the old platform. They very well might. Because they just eat shit. We're public domain, baby. Anybody listening out there, please sample our podcast if you're a musician. Please. I want to hear it. I want to walk by like that douchebag from Hall & Oates. I think we could, as a station, if we were to have number one, we'd have to make an agreement with the artists and then pay them for their content. I'm going old school Comedy Central. You just got to fill 24 hours. How do we fill it? Sure. Um, I, I guess just audio. Drops of Jupiter. <laughs> 24 hours a day, number one station. You'll probably get some trade. Or whatever the legal amount you can sample is what? Six seconds? So it's just six second snips? Just six seconds for 24 hours. People be driving off the bridge. Well, no, we'd have to get on the game. Henning, Henning can play the music. We can write the lyrics. We got to do it Weird Al style. We can parody any song we want, and that's oh under God. that opens up. That's the legal gray area. So we just get of our Jupiter, staff? plops of Poopiter. Oh man, that's all you need. You just need to write it once. All we need to do is listen to any type of popular radio station. Just take notes. Do a whole day's worth of parodies. Get the writers in the room, then just a parody station. So you think you're like, oh, I thought he was listening to 99.1. No, you're listening to just number one. I'm a beanie. Pull my throttle. Gotta do it (laughs) right away. (laughs) I hate this station. Oh, put on, I would listen to it all the time. There's actually, um, Everybody should go out there. That sounds they, like a Daniel Johnston. Too bad he's not around because we could have pitched him that 
then he could he would have just wrote and rewrote every song. Oh yeah, man. In some sort of, and he would just put out a cassette, just those cassettes in. I got I know a lot of our I got somebody out there, and it's unfortunate that I learned of him posthumously. I knew him on the periphery, but so there's this musician, country musician, but folk, John Prine. You, I know Mitchy knows about him. So he's this singer-songwriter. I, I just heard he had passed. He I, passed I didn't know away. Much of his work. He passed away from hard, kick-ass Nashville yeah. living, but then yeah, the old Corona got on top of that and and finished the job. Um, but he is so so good. I just been playing his albums because it's on Amazon Music. So I discovered him unfortunately through a couple of his songs, like because New York Times did like a an expose on him or something, but. He is amazing. So, just mm-hmm. just a plug for a for a dead country country singer out there. So funny, and it's like, um, yeah, like Daniel Johnson style. Like, doesn't do parody songs, but like mm-hmm. he's got this amazing song where he talks about going to heaven, and he said it in a few interviews. Like, he's like, all I want to do is smoke cigarettes. He's like, that's the only thing I miss in life. Like, he had to get like. He had to have throat surgery because of cancer oh, and no. shit. He got all fucked up. But like, even after that, he's just like, "All I want to do is smoke yeah, cigarettes. cigarettes." And he has a song about going to heaven. So he, he and he, the first thing he does is he smokes a cigarette nine miles long. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, it's so good. Oh, speaking of, like in conjunction with John Prine, because everything I read about John Prine was that uh, old Bobby D. Bob Dylan mm-hmm. was a huge fan of his. Yeah. yeah. You and I never discussed Bob Dylan's hot new track. So you have a hot new one? Did you not listen to it? <laughs> no. It sounds like I should have. Oh, man. I thought I messaged you and Henning about it. It's 17 minutes long. Mm. And it's all about JFK. What? And how it was an inside job. Are you? That's right up my alley. How did I miss that? I don't know. I, I swear to God, I messaged you guys because I just said it was like, Bob Dylan just wrote the best uh, New Jerk Practice podcast. Oh, that's uh, he talks about JFK, references that was an inside job, very long and windy. He references Nightmare on Elm Street. He does not. A lot of talk about Wolfmen in, in their various forms. I don't want to say it's bad. <laughs> I think it's good, but I can't tell. All right, I'll have to listen to it. Do you think we're getting Schmeagel? You think old Bobby D's like, listening to some JP? That's all I need in life. <laughs> we can suffer through. Think it's the best thing I've ever heard in the world. Guess what you're today. He uh, apparently he. I've heard a few things about him. One is he just carries like a leather satchel around full of like clippings that he gets. And this sounds very lore, very much lore little clippings of sentences he likes. And then when he wants to write a new song, he'll just open up his jeweled bag and drop out the, the words and start putting them together and make a song. That is perfect. I don't doubt that's how he does it because that's how this song sounds. (laughs) Okay. Cause I was talking about it with Mitch and I was like, it's kind of like, if you opened a junk drawer. There you go. Like my own junk drawer, because 
there's just little tidbits of references to weird pop culture stuff, but then it kind of swings back to JFK in the late 60s and early 70s and kind of alludes to himself and then swings back to some weird reference. So it, it's it's fun. It's a ride. It's 17 minutes. That's, that's a, that is a ride. That uh, apparently um, this in the same article I read, or inter- no, it wasn't an interview, but a story I heard, is that Bob Dylan, um, when he has like a meeting, uh, he purposely like, like, hey, can I get you something? Like, you want a coffee or something? Has his assistant grab whatever. And then when they bring it back, he purposely takes the other person's drink. Like, say you and I are sitting down. He's like, hey, can I get you coffee? You want some latte? And you say, sure, um, I'll have a soy latte. And then he goes, this is a black coffee. And then the assistant brings him back. He purposely takes your soy latte and then just waits to see what your reaction would be if you react, if you just roll with it. And apparently it's more than one person has said that this has happened. Like, hey, you want to you want to drink or something? You want a beer or something? Bring you a beer and glass of wine. He'll purposely take the beer and just kind of feel you out. (laughs) I don't know what I would do. Yeah. Because I don't, if I ordered a soy latte, and but I got his black coffee, I would internalize and be like, I didn't need that extra milk anyways. Right. Take that black, I like, I love black coffee. Or do you take a drink of your, his black coffee and go, oh, this is, this is your black coffee. <laughs> After <laughs> seeing you <laughs> take a drink, back in. and then you just put it in front of him and slide yours back. <laughs> and see how he I reacts. Like That's exactly. how you play like the game. To think... I could turn it. It's like Princess Bride. I just we keep going back and forth, and then he drinks my drink, and I drink his drink. It could definitely, you could, de- it could definitely backfire on him as you take a a sip of your scalding hot black coffee and spew it into his face because you weren't expecting <laughs> such a disgusting bitter drink of black coffee. Do you think that's more of like a Bill Murray? I think he's bored. Thing, because I think. Because most people, I would assume, would just be like, whatever. And then they get to dine out on the story about, A, how they met Bob Dylan. Right. And B, he drank my drink. What is <laughs> Bob Dylan drank my drink. Can you believe it? Uh, cheap thrills, I guess. I don't know. I'd have to do my research and order something I know he doesn't like. What would that be? What would your, uh, what would your order be? He's, it's it's <laughs> early morning. It's a coffee order. Hey, can I get you coffee, tea, or something? What's the order? I'm trying to think of something Bob Dylan's. Do you order? Do you order a four-hour energy? That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was thinking of something. I was. It just popped into my mind because somehow this story came up. Oh, she showed me a video of a guy drinking a a raw egg. Uh, one guy at the bar that I worked at in Brooklyn ordered a uh, prairie oyster. Okay. And like I was gosh, I didn't know. And I, I looked up what it was, and a prairie oyster is just a raw egg with a dash of Worcestershire and like two or three dashes of Tabasco served in a rocks glass. Oh, okay. It's like an old-timey hangover remedy, but it's just, yeah, raw egg with flavor on it. But there's no booze in it. Interesting. None. None. Okay. At all. Uh, so I was just like, that popped in my head. <laughs> Can I get a prairie oyster? 
and then watch Bob Dylan suck down a raw egg with Tabasco. As you as you hold the glass underneath, like make sure he finishes, wipes that yolk off his lip and pushes it back in. I use to... his banana banana strawberry smoothie. When I was hitting it hard, um, but young enough to keep going and raring. I had watched uh, Rift Tracks. For those of you that don't know Rift Tracks, it's like Mystery Science Theater, except for now they do. They bought the rights to a bunch of old shitty movies and they basically just riff on them. But they used to not buy the rights to popular movies or movies that are in the the zeitgeist, the like kind of cheesy movies. And then you would buy a separate audio track and then you'd buy the DVD and they had a queue where you could sync it up. Anyway, yeah. so like we did that for a while. Style. Yeah. Yeah. And one we bought was, uh, or we probably got, but it was for um, Cocktail, the movie Cocktail. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, it, it's great. It's a great riff. I recommend it. But also, I'm just out drinking. And then I was day bartending at the time. So go into work. I, I think I'd go in around nine because I'd open up at 10 o'clock. And I'd go in at nine and I learned from that movie. Oh, yeah, the British dude. The British his, dude. His Obi-Wan Kenobi cocktail. Yeah, it was beer, a Bloody Mary mix, a shot of whiskey, and an egg, a raw egg. And I did that for like a week. And I remember specifically because it was it's just booze. So, of course, it's a hangover remedy, especially if you're young. You know, mm-hmm. like 25 and just cutting it up. Um it worked for like three or four days, and then the fifth day, I just threw it up immediately. Like I felt it go down and threw it up, and that's all it took to be like, "Oh, you know, why am I drinking raw eggs and whiskey in the morning?" <laughs> that sounds horrible. I mean, the the prairie show the guy ordered, I guess, works better because you get salt and protein, but and then he just ordered a drink anyway, so he he just had what you had. But parceled out. I uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and not the the, the straight booze. Uh, famous actor Ethan Hawke used to come into the bar you and I worked at. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't know him, but nice enough guy. He was very cordial to people that recognize him. Da da da. Um, but actually, usually he'd sit at a table and have like a beer and a burger because he lived across the street at the Chelsea Hotel at the time. Um, he actually came in, fucking. He's got a history. We don't have to get into it, but like he came in and fucking had a cast up to his thigh, just kind of worse for wear, hobbled. And I was bartending. He bellied up to the bar and he ordered no raw egg, but he ordered a beer with um, Bloody Mary mix in it. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh Bloody yeah. Beer. I was like, yeah. And to this guy, like, kind of took him back a little bit because, but I was like, you know, uh, I learned in the movie Cocktail throw a raw egg in there, it'll heal you right up. He's like, huh, yeah, okay. And then, um... Wasn't like, in that one. Yeah, right, exactly, that's what I was thinking. I was like, he's in the echelon where I suppose he probably is like, yeah, that guy's a friend of mine who's the actor in Cocktail. I just I just had this, this feeling. And then he went into the story about how he was shooting a movie in Mexico, which is where he learned to drink these drinks. Um, pretty much a non-story except for the goober behind the bar is like you ever seen the movie Cocktail? <laughs> like, I know it was like and you're allowed to do that because he's a human yeah. who's in movies but he watches movies it's just a, a reference you're, you're 
trying to connect with him on a personal level. What you should have done is pretended like you knew about it because you're a hard-traveling hero. Right. Not that I'm watching Cocktail in 2010. <laughs> like I, or I should have just cracked an egg in there without even without without even a request. Just crack that baby and see him suck it down. You want to real really feel good? You just do it without a mask. And snap. Then fling that eggshell up on you know. Give him a cocktail dance. Elbow. Yeah. elbow those eggshells. Then he knows you've seen it. <laughs> oh, he's seen it. I'm gonna come in here more often. I mean, I'm sure he left, hobbled out of there after his drink, and mm-hmm. called Tom Cruise and was like, "Hey, man, just wanted to let you know. I thought it'd make you feel good that some scumbummy bartender really liked your movie from 1984." <laughs> Tom Hanks hung up on him, <laughs> and, and, and then he called Tom. I need Hanks. to change my number. <laughs> I I wish Tom Hanks was a. So the story goes: some bartender told this actor about an old movie that nobody's watched in years. But it turns wrong out Tom, he knows Ethan. the guy that was in it, and he leaves and calls the wrong Tom, and then that Tom hangs up on him. And goes, goes to host, speaking of Schmeagel, bringing it around, Saturday Night Live did, they came back on the air on Saturday. Did you hear about this? Uh, yeah, Ashley showed me one of the sketches. What sketch did she show you? Uh, the... One with Fred Armiston, um, um, McDougal or whatever his name, the skinny guy with the curly hair, and then Dirk's, Dirk whatever. The guy that's been on forever, who's kind of like the new Phil Hartman. Uh, Breck Bennett? Ben, Ben? Breck, yeah, not Dirk. Beck Bennett. Bet, Breck Bennett. Bet, Breck, Beck Bennett. Beck Bennett. Oh, so the one where they kind of mix it up. It's very jerk yeah, practice sketch, kind of. Into, yeah, like a, a song. Because the premise the is... Weird the premise is, we got to come up with a sketch on a fly under these new parameters. Wait, maybe the sketch should be about how we can't come up with the sketch under these new parameters, and then make it weird. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 that was... Uh, it was interesting in the sense that it's much like if we can bring it full circle to the state's shitty unemployment websites. I have seen <laughs> numerous people online, celebrities or not, tear it up using online social distance platforming and like coming up with really cool concepts. One example he yeah. is a celebrity is John Krasinski has this, I don't know if it's daily, but it's called... um. Oh, the good news thing. Good news. Good broadcast the good news news or something. Good like news that. news. Good day to good news today. It's just a shitty like like he crushes it. It's really funny, uh, and it's edited really nice. Like he had spoilers. He brought this little girl on, and she always wanted to see Hamilton, but the show obviously Broadway's been dark for like seven weeks and she, you know like her heart was dashed because she finally got a ticket and she couldn't go so he literally had the entire cast of hamilton zoom in and they sang a song to her Whoa, but and it's amazing. amazing you should check it out everybody should check it out but he edited it so on zoom you can edit for anybody that's been on zoom or any online platform you can edit to which screen you want to isolate and he edited it all together, so oh, when so they're cool. harmonizing, you see everybody. When it's an individual part, it's on there. 
and it's clear and in focus and the audio is good. And I was like, I guess SNL is going for that classic like 1970s punk rock vibe. Because I was like, this shit is like these people's connection is like they're they're trying to broadcast out of a basement in South Dakota. Like if you watch it, like <laughs> the audio is far away. The video is hiccupy. The lighting is like, like I was like, I guess that's got to be a choice because SNL has the means to make sure everybody pipes in their sketch um, technically competently. Right? I, I would and imagine. A number of the people on the on the cast, whether they're performers or writers, performers, producers, also direct the shorts. They could make things exactly outside on their own and edit. And you said John Krasinski. And I was like, John Krasinski's a director now. Of yeah, course yeah. he would like to put his best foot forward and show you the best edited, best sounding thing he could make as a professional. So I, I'm with you. Like, I don't know why it, they would go lo-fi on it yeah. when they clearly have all the means to go full-on broadcast. The only thing I can think of is you and I are old man dads, and it's cooler to... It's crust punk. Because it was like... Um, Pete Davidson, he did like a shitty rap. That's not fair. He did a rap. Anyways, this people's art is their art. And a few of them were like sure. right there. But I was like, damn, like I can't hear their audio. I can't believe I'm watching Saturday Night Live and I'm having trouble hearing Weekend Update. Like it's like skipping their audio skipping. Like I was like, that's fucking mm-hmm. crazy to me. Um, and some of the sketches missed. And you're right. None of them were performed live. And two, it's not like this quarantine shit hit five days before they were going to air. This is classic H-Face, like, not putting in, like, hey, I gave you six weeks to turn in your, you know, your family tree assignment. I can tell you just (laughs) hammered that shit in in the last 24 hours. I was like, these guys have had, they're in the war. They've had four weeks to put some cool-ass shit together. And again, who's that for, like, who am I to criticize somebody's art? It's not effort and who am I to criticize anybody if you you got a stressful job and you want to kick your feet up and you're you know just chill but and then you get the phone call like like schools like you know we thought it was going to be a snow day but it's not yeah. and they're like you've been working on stuff right like you it's not like you've been oh, yeah, for yeah, four yeah. weeks because we're going to go we're actually going to put a show up I mean we're Saturday Night Live we got to support the the right. New Yorkers for sure but the country so put a show up, show up in four days so you know we're going to get you on a phone with who you've been writing with these days, Brent Bennett. You guys put something together and they're like, oh, fuck. Fever like nightmare. Oh, no. They, your, your description is perfect. It is like all of the kids now whose school is canceled and they're like, okay, cool. I don't have to do anything. They take my stuff on the computer. Doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden it's like, knock, knock, knock. The superintendent says, you got to come back for one last week of school. Like, Fuck, I didn't do anything. Oh, shit. I didn't do anything. I wasn't even thinking about thinking about doing anything. Yeah. The only thing I can think of, if you, if you watch the whole thing, it has, like, even, like, like Chris Martin was the musical guest. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and he did sh- uh, Shelter from the Storm. And it was actually, he did a really good job. It was a cool song choice. Yeah. But it was lo-fi too. Like, I, I mean, I'm not expecting like that backward were, dance, back, background dancers. but Everything was lo-fi? Yeah. I think that was a directive. I that think was so. a producer's choice to make it look. I don't know why you would go lo-fi though. As to, my dogs like, are barking I, in the background. Of no, this. but that's my thing. Is like you, SNL should remind us of what SNL SNL used to be. Right. And like what you can do if you're at that level and that talented. Like give it a little polish. Right. Yeah, like, yeah. I know they did a Zoom, like, everybody's been Zooming, so of course they're going to do a Zoom sketch, and that should look like a Zoom. Right. Sketch, because they did, yeah. Zoom, but, like, you're telling me Chris Martin couldn't have, like, beamed in, like, a killer, I know the motherfucker could have filmed, like, a hi-fi of version of that song in his studio. Of course. Yeah. Unless yeah. they were like, no, don't. I, th- yeah, I think okay. it was, uh, yeah, people out there, like, I think, so Tom Hanks hosted but all that meant is yeah. he did like it, it wasn't live. It was him and his apart. Although he he had a wardrobe change, which is very weird. He put on a jean jacket to say thank you, everybody. Uh, it's a Hank's choice. You can't <laughs> knock Hank's. But so maybe it was because he started out with that classic monologue. He's like, at least I can do some classic um, question and answer. So uh, you, sir, mm-hmm. you have a question. And then it cut to Tom Hanks, like in a different room with a shitty fake mustache on, like asking a question. Cut back mm-hmm. to Tom Hanks and then cut back to Tom Hanks, like, I don't know, a turtleneck on or something. I was like, all right, that was, that was, that, that's where we're going with this. So, so maybe, but so then it comes down to like, man, this is your time to shine. Cause the other set was, you saw those two guys, everybody basically, one directive was for sure, even though two people got cut out, Cecily Strong and Chris Red, it is your sketch. So everybody had their own sketch. Your own from house oh. sketch. So every cast member had their sketch, except for, like I you said, um, uh, Beck Brennett and Curly Hair. They got uh, Kyle Mooney. Is Kyle it Kyle Mooney? Mooney? Kyle Mooney. He's great. Uh, they got to do a sketch together. But everybody, it's like, oh shit! If that, if you're in your like the Zoom meeting for SNL, and they're like, oh, we basically think like everybody just kind of give us what you want to give us, and and you just got to go. If you, especially if you're like, like one of the people that had the best, um, let's call it a sketch segment, whatever. She's a featured player. And I was like, oh, she like tore it up. Cause she like, she edit clearly like did some editing and stuff to it. Um, and then train. No, I bet you the whole thing. You, <laughs> you said it in his, in his Lauren's voice. And I, I would assume. It was probably as vague as just give us whatever you want. What can you give? So me? it was like, oh, okay. Just make sure it's funny, you know. We're cool. Which is scary because then there, then there is no. You're like, oh shit. Because then if you're so, Chris Red watching it, you go, oh, I'm like the guy that got my sketch cut. The guy. The oh shit. Right, and imagine we don't know what those sketches were unless they released them. Like, what if you put a super High volume, like you made a little mini, like stop motion movie that looked really slick and cool, and they're like, it's just not fitting the look. Right. Like, right. I wasted oh, yeah. twelve fucking hours on it's this. Too slick. All I had to do was do a hootsie tootsie rap on Zoom. Yeah. In a bad wig. Too polished. I was, I you know, I went down. I was like, huh? You got. I was like, 
I think I just turn in like jeans. <laughs> it's like, see how it goes. It's like finally get it out there. Like, cause you yeah. know, those guys had careers before that and sketches sure. that they love that didn't get the airtime or whatever. Let's just turn in one of those. Like, I'm going to get an audience for this shit. I think, as everybody can hear, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting summoned. The barbarians are at the gate. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, uh, oh, except for, I just want to put it out there to everybody. Um, it's kind of like, uh, I don't, maybe, uh, no, I'll, I'll pose it to you. Mm-hmm. On more than one occasion, so there's this meme going around with this stadium full of people and it just says uh, AA convention 2021 and it took me a minute to, to mm-hmm. put it together and, I, and Meg actually had to put it together to me and I, she's like, no, it means because everybody's hunkered down, they're all going to become alcoholics. So in 2021 they're all going to be um, in AA and I was like is that like I was like, that's like kind of borderline fucked up to send me, right? Like everybody, everybody out there knows. <laughs> like, oh, that's a love this. And I was like, is that kind of like saying like, I'm cool? Is that is that an equivalent? <laughs> I got a black friend. I got a drunk friend. <laughs> I, I think maybe you are the you are that to a lot of people. Because like I saw it online, I was like, oh, all right. She explained, I got it. But then I started getting a direct message, and I was like. <laughs> All right, all right. You can. I guess you've been looking for a way to connect. Can't connect. I'm a multifaceted individual. There are many different things about me. You, you can't connect, connect over a Molson, so you'll connect over ridicule, I guess. A Molson. <laughs> that's oh, that's funny. It's it's looks terrible, but it's funny, right? He'll get a kick out of this. Because he knows what this is. Yeah, he loves it. I want to see your <laughs> stupid ass. A, like, I want to go to a convention center with a bunch of drunks. Who do you think we are? <laughs> well, on that note, anything else? You want to take us out with plops of poopiter? Now she's back, but it smells in here with plops of poopiter everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a real bummer and a real pain. Reminds me of a toilet stain. Yeah, yeah. Since the return when she shred the moon. She listens like a ding and she talks like a goon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But tell me, did you skateboard the sun? Did you kickflip to the Milky Way to see the stoners faded? And that 360 was overrated. <laughs> Out there (laughs) 
cheese back smells like cremation Cause she's caught dead air on a constellation Yeah, yeah, yeah She reads a thrasher while she toots some bongs Reminds me that she's all dongs and wrongs Yeah, yeah, yeah But now she's back and it's become clear I'm afraid she might be a sticky-ass fan of train <laughs> Oh, shoot well, Tell me, did the wind make you goofy foot? Did you finally get the sack to jack a hardcore slappy? And drop trout for some crappy? And tell me, did Venus drop some vert? Did you bail out and wind up hurt? And did you nod in nose pick radical? Dropping acid bombs in full. <laughs> Can you follow this song's narration? Is it about poop or is it skating, dude? Can you believe this song? Can you imagine eight words about For sure. Tell me, is it far too big, Ali's? Did you finally get the nerve to swerve away from this play and move on with your day? Tell me, did you skate across the sun? Did you K-grind the Milky Way to see the stoner's boner And the song's a super groaner And tell me, did you switch for the shooting star? Did you find this cold tech bizarre? And did you miss me while you were looking for that smell in the air? No, 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 no and did you really make it all the way through? No, 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 no. And did you pause and go? No way, oh, seriously, man, no way, no, 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 rate and review. Five stars out there. I mean, I mean, I mean, come on. Pops poop in there. Let to dig up the lyrics of that song and see what we can. I will post. I dig think up. I gotta post them because I all I could think about, all I could think about is, I'm a visual guy. It's like I gotta pull these lyrics up because mm-hmm. sometimes it just feels good to be pissed off because I was like, they're gonna look as yeah. bullshit as they sound. Like that, you can't pull it. You can't put any shine on that planet. <laughs> what if it just takes your breath away? It wasn't yeah, just written by a train. <gasps> oh, so it's no. all the format. It's like a sonnet. Yeah, it was just formatted poorly. That was written by Lord Byron. Yeah. Oh my God. Stay tough. Don't kiss your moms. Stay tough. Don't kiss stay, your moms. Stay strong. Stay yeah, strong. Stay strong. Stay tough. Don't kiss your mom. Don't. Not on the lips. Kiss Don Jr. on the lips. Or your dad. Give the (laughs) present. 
Give the president a Coroni stink palm, but don't kiss your mouth. <laughs> Coroni stinker. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, his fingers, like Brody Lee from. Uh, I, I love it. Somebody out there that does the deep fake, put uh, put Trump's face on a on uh, Michael. I forget his name. Oh, Great shit. actor. You got it. Uh, yeah, the guy from. Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. Give him the give him the old Coroni pretzel. <laughs> Coroni pretzel. All right, man. All right, man. This is fun. I'll see. You. I'll talk to you later. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, All right. I love you, dude. Love you, dude. I'll Have talk to you night. soon. You too. Yep. Bye. Bye. Jerk practice, jerk practice, sketch boys love to reminisce.